0: These may be challenging times, but have hope and listen to the untold health stories about incredible people who have committed their lives to better their communities. Diverse health activists, direct medical providers, community organizers that are helping our communities to get healthier and stronger. Stories of local heroes during the pandemic and even before that proves over and over again that people can come together during times of need and make the world a better place. Stories you would never hear of, except at Healthcare Untold, hosted by Barbara Ann Garcia. At Healthcare Untold, we continue the series to highlight members of the COVID Latino Project. Today, we will be introducing Tanya Jeanette Adarete. Tanya is a current medical student at the Universidad Autónoma de Guadalajara School of Medicine. She is currently completing her third-year medical rotation in Phoenix, Arizona where she was born and raised Tanya supports the social media team at COVID Latino Project to help debunk COVID myths and ensure accurate information regarding the COVID virus and vaccine Welcome to Healthcare Unto Tanya
1: Hi Barbara thank you for having me here
0: Well it's such a great honor to have you as a guest Tanya um, we wanted to ask you, since this is a series of COVID Latino participants and volunteers, would you share with the listening audience um, about the Latino, your role in the COVID Latino project, and why is it so important?
1: Of course. So I actually had the privilege of joining the COVID Latino project in the summer of uh, 2021. So when I moved from Guadalajara to Arizona to complete my uh, medical rotation. I, wanted, I knew I wanted to continue to get involved because previously in 2020 I was involved with another COVID project, so I just thought that it was important as um, and a duty for me as a medical student to be involved in making sure that I'm educating myself but also bringing awareness to COVID as many of our family friends have been impacted by this virus. So, I reached out to one of my mentor, um, Ms. Flores, and she was able to connect me with uh, Dr. Lopez, which is part of the, who heads and leads for the COVID Latino project. So I told him that I was really interested and he gave me the opportunity to be part of this project. So I came in as part of their social media team. So with the planning of everything, there was going to be a relaunch and you know they already have a lot of the material as you, previously have mentioned, like the cartoons and the different uh, small, like, uh, media cartoons to educate or debunk certain myths that we have seen throughout social media about COVID. So that was more of my role coming in for the relaunch of the COVID Latino project and to help ensure that, you know, there was just um, information was uh, disseminated and us creating a schedule because, you know, we wanted to ensure that all of the material that was provided by Uh, The different networks and the different partnerships that COVID Latino had created that they were being represented and that, you know, people were actually engaging and viewing um, all of these, all of this important information um, to educate our communities regarding COVID Latino.
0: So you're kind of the quality um, improvement overview of the materials for COVID Latino project.
1: So, yeah, like, uh, I wouldn't say so much quality, but I just, I feel like it was important for us to create kind of like the, I guess a little like social media manager, that was kind of like the the role that uh, Dr. Lopez allowed me to take on. And, you know, it wasn't, it was a team of uh, different students. So it was more of a collaboration, working together, putting all of our ideas of, you know, what is the best way we can disseminate this information? Do we want to do like certain videos and certain cartoons on certain days and create that schedule. But I think it was also very important because we needed to look at the statistics right of when people are more engaged uh, in on social media, and then target the different populations, because we do know that, you know, uh, different generations use like Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it's a different uh, target audience that Uh, uses these these platforms so it was very important for us to make sure like that we were engaging and that we were also putting content out there during these high peaks of engagement because you know a lot of um and i don't know about yourself but i know like sometimes during lunch i'm like scrolling to see you know when i have some free time so we did notice that you know people engage very early in the morning it seems like when they're waking up drinking their coffee during lunch and then in the evening so that was a lot of like data that we had to look at to make sure that, you know, we were engaging with our audience and we were uh, disseminating this information uh, when there was a live attraction on social media.
0: And that seems to be so important because social media has been also the myth maker uh, for many of our community members and why they have these certain ideas about COVID-19 and transmission and and, uh, vaccinations. So that to me seems to be a really important part of your work. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, I feel like in the midst of the pandemic, and I feel like a lot of the information that, you know, our familia and friends were seeing was on social media. And, and I personally experienced this with like my immediate family, you know, um, uh, they would get their information from uh, like f- Facebook, for example, and then um, my mom would tell me, hey, I read this, or this is what, what they're saying. And, I feel like as you know someone that is educated and especially going through medical school, I, I, I know what resources or what you know where to get information that is actually uh, credible uh, versus like you know what sources are not credible and, and how to navigate that. But I feel like a lot of our you know uh, family, kind of do go based off what you see on social media so that is definitely uh, a big component of what COVID Latino project does you know the same place where our family and friends or community is getting this misinformation it's also important for us to put information out there that is correct to educate them and that's what that was one of the aspects of why I wanted to get involved with COVID Latino because I just believe in what their their mission is and what they're doing and I think living at firsthand with like family members and friends, I, I, for me, it was so important. And I also think I didn't realize, you know, until I was part of the Code Latino project and during the pandemic that saying that, as you know, as a medical student, someone uh, going through the medical profession, that I didn't realize uh, just the credibility sometimes that you hold because you have family members and friends asking for your opinion, right? As like, hey, what do you think about the vaccine? What is this? Is I read this? Is this true regarding the virus? And it wasn't until, you know, going, going through this that I realized, oh, you know, like, I, people look up to me, you know, to provide them accurate information. So I was very glad to be part of the COVID Latino Project we have Dr. Lopez and also uh, Dr. Megan Trinovas, who is an infectious disease, and meet with us on a weekly basis to give us accurate information. Then that that then that we could share with our family and you know our friends. So I think that is very important um, to also do our part as uh, members of the healthcare community and educate you know our loved ones and our friends and and ensure that everyone's getting the accurate information.
0: You know, it really starts with that one-to-one, right? I mean, I think, you know, the fact that I've had a lot of public health experience, I face the same thing with my family um, in terms of having communication about the importance of vaccines and getting boosted. Um, and so it does start, you know, in, within your familia, and then your, um, the role in social media. I wanted to ask you, did you ever think as a medical student you were going to really be a social media manager?
1: So I never thought of it. You know, I do have. I am involved in other organizations and I hold different roles. Um, So I did have a little bit of experience with uh, social media, but this for this is for a nonprofit that works with high school students. But you know, I knew that it was something that I had done before, and I saw like, hey, this is what's needed here in COVID Latino Project. This is how I can help and you know be resource resourceful. So you know, I kind of was like, hey, Dr. Lopez, this is how I can help and I can ensure that, you know, like I'm being part of a team to get this information out there. This is one of the strengths that I can bring to the table. And I was glad that it it worked out.
0: Yeah, I just think that, you know, this whole virtual way of communication, telemedicine is another way in the fact that uh, many people are getting their care through telemedicine that, you know, we started working on telemedicine about 10 years ago, thinking, you know, we, this would be a great way to expand. None of us, including those teachers, ever thought, I think, that we were going to be really doing that full time so quickly. And it kind of shows you when you do have a great need, how quickly we can move to another way of doing our service. Um, and at times, it seems like, you know, we would not have never got there that fast without this kind of a pandemic. So there are some positive things sometimes that come out of these kinds of crises.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think you, you are correct, Barbara. Uh, When I was doing my master's, I believe this was like in 2015, you know, the whole, that's where I learned first about telemedicine. Uh, But the idea was that telemedicine was going to be used for, you know, like remote areas where they couldn't get certain uh, physicians or, you know, certain specialties, specialties there. Yeah. And you know, I don't think we ever thought like we would be here now in a pandemic. And you're right, you know, like the fact that we we had already telemedicine, it was there. But now that we were able to make that shift, and you know, during the pandemic, everyone went virtual. I think it just shows how quickly we we adapted, and it was it was more of a need, right? We had to adapt, uh, and use what we already need to be able to still provide uh, healthcare and you said to still provide education. I know for me, I was living in Guadalajara just because I'm part of an international medical program and there was a lot of uncertainty, you know, like, do, do we stay here, do we go home? And finally they were just like, you no, know, we're gonna go online, go back to your home state, which for me was Arizona. And we just, from there on, we went virtually until I finished the rest of my second year And yeah, so it was definitely a a shift, right? I think it was a shift that everyone had to take. And with that, you know, there's great, it was a good thing that we were able to adapt. But I know with uh, good also comes certain hardships, right? Certain hurdles that we have to overcome.
0: Well, the digital divide is one of those, um, you know, in terms of internet um, expansion. And I, I worked in New Mexico with some nonprofits there, and they talked about, um you know that they couldn't get um you know any internet Um, all the internet system was overwhelmed and they would have to get in their cars and go into the parking lot of the schools to be able to get their kids onto uh, internet so I think it does bring up you know the whole issue of the digital divide and I think that's another area that I think um, you know I know the Biden administration has a broadband initiative to really expand broadband um, internet access for our families especially in rural uh, areas I mean in Arizona you know you have uh, many Uh, Native Americans in those communities and rural areas as well. So broadband access is going to be a really important part. And so, you know, uh, COVID Latino uh, project, I think, really helps with that in the aspect of how to bring information in different channels or different venues for people.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think you are correct, right? How you're saying like, I think sometimes it's very easy to forget that not everyone has access to internet, right? Especially like communities in remote areas. But even, you know, here, we realized it here, like even communities or individuals of like low socioeconomic status, you know, that they work paycheck to paycheck. Like it is very difficult to, you know, pay that monthly um, internet bill, you know, for your children. And it wasn't a need because children were going to school in person. So when the pandemic happened, you know, I know there was different programs, different initiatives where schools were giving students um, access, or you know, they were able to send them home with a device to access the internet. But I do, I do agree with you, where you know, it, it is a more work needs to be done to be able to give everyone access to you know a broader band. And in regards to COVID, Latino Project, you know, it is everything. Everything, all the information is shared on social media. Um, but it is interesting, right, to see how, you know, you see young young kids that are very tech savvy and they have like TikTok and all of these new platforms. And like I, I know, too, like my grandma, right, she's older, but I know she has a Facebook and she's active on Facebook. So I think it's very important to. Know who we're targeting and then what social media platforms, you know, who, what populations are on what when we share all of this information regarding COVID and uh, the COVID vaccine.
0: Yeah, I thought it was very interesting that you were able to even capture you know, the time of day that would be important when people are engaged, right? And you can really get that information to them quickly as they're watching their platforms. I also am really um, appreciative of COVID Latino Project, you know, making a open platform, which means that people can, uh, they really encouraged people to use the resources. Can you tell us a little bit about those resources for the uh, listening
1: audience? Yes, of course. So if everyone, um, all of the short cartoon clips and uh, the art is available in the Cover Latino website. And I know this is one of the goals of the project to make this information accessible to all. So if you are part of like a nonprofit or, you know, a school and you want to have access to these resources, you're more than welcome to go into our website and download all of this information. And it's completely free. And how I said that was Dr. One of Dr. Lopez's mission to not only create this content, but to also ensure that it's uh, free for everyone that wants to have access to it.
0: That's wonderful. Um, As a medical student, uh, Tanya, in the midst of this COVID pandemic, um, you know, how do we continue our efforts in supporting the health of the Latino community? I mean, you've created this social platform, but you're going to be a physician soon. How do you see us in the future uh, in creating more opportunities for Latinos to access health?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think how you said every everything starts at home. I feel as uh, someone that you know, as a medical student, a medical pro, someone in the medical profession, it's having those conversations, you know, and educating our parents, our grandparents, our abuelos, and starting at home, you know, sharing that information that we learn through our professional training and and just sharing. I think it's the most important is having those conversations. I feel in our in the Latino community, conversations don't happen or, you know, or for example, if someone has diabetes, they're very dismissive about it. And it's, I think it's just giving them the tools that they need to understand and, and being willing to have those conversations. And I think that also ties back to COVID, right? The COVID vaccine. Like I personally saw a lot of uh, individuals that were hesitant to obtain the vaccine, especially in my immediate family and extended family and it's just about being welcoming and, and, you know, and asking them like, what are your concerns? You know, what's specifically about the vaccine? Are you willing to learn a little bit more? And then again, having those conversations and sharing those resources and that information that I know. I think for the future to open more more doors for Latino students in the medical professions, just all around, I think, we need to have more representation, right? I feel like, it does make a difference. And and you always hear it, but it's not until you see it. When you have a patient that, you know, doesn't speak English or their primary language is Spanish, and they have a physician that looks like them that speaks their language, you just see that sigh of relief on their face and you are able to connect. They are able to connect with you. They feel they entrust you more that you're actually taking the time to understand their needs and most importantly, their medical needs. And I think it's about you know, if those Hispanic Latino physicians that are already practicing of opening the doors to future generations to be able to continue to make those changes and to bring diversity, most importantly, to the medical profession, because it's still a need, There, there's still a need for, you know, Hispanic Latino physicians and more so uh, females as well. So I think those that are already in those opportunities to not to not forgetting about future generations that there's still work that needs to be done. That's right. Well, tell us your
0: story of why you're becoming a medical student and why you're going to become a, f- a physician.
1: I would love to hear that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so growing up, you know, I, I am the oldest, and so I did a lot of translating for my family. And uh, my brother was diagnosed with a tumor at a very young age. So just navigating the healthcare system and you know having to translate for my parents and not having the best medical treatment because you know maybe there was a language barrier with my family or whatever the case may be Um, my brother actually went undiagnosed until he finally he actually slipped and fell and then we went to the emergency room and that's where they diagnosed that he actually had a tumor so for me i think that's what sparked the my interest in medicine um having my family navigate the medical system but as i got older and it wasn't until I got into college where you know I realized you know what like I can make a difference like I don't want families to go through the similar you know story that or similar experience that my family went through so I have a lot of experience working with like nonprofit medical clinics especially St Vincent de Paul here in uh, Phoenix Arizona which we predominantly um, provide free medical care to undocumented individuals so there you know I'm I'm able I was able to to translate and again be that familiar space because the reality is there are physicians that want to help and make a difference but sometimes there's a language barrier you know so I was kind of like that middleman in college of being able to translate for families and give them that sense of security that their concerns were being heard and would be listened so then moving forward you know that's kind of where my, my passion I think it, my experience with my family navigating the medical uh, the, the medical side of things and then growing up and saying, you know, like, I don't, I don't want families to go through this. Like, and, and I think all of that encompasses, like, my passion and my drive for to continue to make a difference in the Hispanic community. And especially, you know, as a Latina and a future physician to be able to educate uh, the community where I'm from, you know, my family and my friends, I think it, it starts by making a difference. And, Having people that look like you, it's, I feel like that that definitely is what is worth a million things.
0: Oh, that's right. There's plenty of studies that show the importance of having physicians of, that represent the patient population that they're serving. And, um, you know, there's nothing like having a doctor in the familia either. So we really want to thank yeah. you for taking on that, you know, taking this on, especially during the pandemic. And you didn't, you continued on and you're continuing. Well, you know, I wanted to ask you, what is your vision for the future of COVID Latino?
1: Yeah, so I think the COVID Latino project is such an amazing project, just their initiatives of the way that they're going about educating uh, the community, I would love for COVID Latino to expand, right? For it to, for this project to be taken to different states, uh, you know, across the coast. I, I feel like the project itself is still in its um, growing stages, and I feel like there's just so much more that can that so much many more places and states and communities where we can take COVID Latino projects. And I think also like the idea of, you know, having these cartoons uh, drawn by by Lalo Alcaraz or, you know, the, 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 the cartoons or like the little uh, media clips that are created where you have like, you know, the grandma, you have the Tio Rigo, you have different characters that resemble your family. I think it's still, it's such great information that we need to share with everyone, you know, and expand the project to different states. So that's where I I hope the vision of COVA Latino goes. Um, and I would love for it to, to see, you know, to be in a different state or a different area and, and be able to see the, these cartoons and these clips. One of the things that is so important about the COVA Latino project is sometimes being as part of the medical field or just being in education, right? We forget that, you know, we need to simplify things. We need to make sure that someone that things are written in layman's term for everyone, you know, that, you know, even someone that someone at a third grade level can read this. Because the reality is is in our our community as a, you know, Latinx individual, like it it varies. You know, you have people that are very well educated, people that, you know, that don't have an education. So we need to make sure that our information is geared towards everyone and that everyone, is, that it's made simple, easy, and and everyone can understand it. And that's why I love personally the, the cartoon short media clips, because the reality is not, not everyone can read, you know, and if they can see it, and it's a small clip, it's a small movie, then they'll be able to resonate. The importance is getting the information out there. And, you know, this is something that the Cove Latino Project does.
0: I totally agree. And, um, I just think that, you know, the ways that, um, they, you've created to communicate and how you've been able to communicate with people, um, on social media is going to be really effective. And I'm sure it has been already, not only from an individual place of, you know, talking to your familia and making sure they get vaccinated and understand the myths, but also to take that to a larger platform, like, uh, the social media platform. So, you know, on behalf of Healthcare Untold, um, we'd like to just thank you so much for becoming a student, uh, wanting to be a physician, and we look forward to your career and love to have you back sometime after you become, to go through your residency and tell us how it looks and we can catch up on, on how your career is going. So Tanya, thank you so much on behalf of Healthcare Untold, one of our local heroes, COVID Latino project. Thank you so much. Gracias, Tanya.
1: Thank you, Barbara. It was a pleasure, you know, sharing and being able to have a conversation with you. And I would be more than happy, you know, in, in the future to come back and be part of your podcast. And I think, yeah, I think you're doing a great job, you know, giving exposure to all of those individuals that are, you know, working up, working very hard to uh, educate our community and make a difference, especially in the midst of this pandemic. So thank you for having me here. It was a pleasure. And I wish you the best of luck as you continue with this podcast series.
0: Okay. Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Gracias. Thank you. Healthcare Untold.